Hi guys, welcome back to the Whipped Cream Podcast. Uh, I am Bianca Harris, your host as usual. I have a really awesome guest in the building today. I'm really excited to interview you. Um, so we have Gabby Dunn, American actor, comedian, scriptwriter, activist, journalist, blogger, and YouTuber who lives in LA. Uh, you have your own podcasts, right? I do, yeah, Bad With Money. Awesome, I listen to it, it's really good. Oh, thank you. And YouTube channel that's like... 750 subscribers called Just Between Us, right? Yeah, 750,000. We just hit it. We just hit that 750k today. Oh my god, yay! Something like that. Very this week. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's called Just Between Us. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming. I'm really excited to have a comedian on my podcast. Do you not usually? I haven't yet. You know what? It's so, because I'm from Toronto, there aren't that many female um, comedians. Really? In Toronto? I can't even, I don't know. I know Canadian like Canadian comedy actresses, but yeah. Yeah, not I that. Guess, yeah. Like I, I, I've been searching because I, I'm obsessed with comedy, oh. um, but I haven't been able to find anyone yet. So I'm excited to have you on. That's so interesting. Have I you? Was, all, you have? You're not from LA originally, right? No, I'm from Florida. But okay. it was funny when you introduced me as American. I was like, what else would I? Ah, uh, yes, we are arrogant and terrible. I see what happened there was me assuming everyone's American the way an American might. Uh, yeah, I'm from Florida originally. Okay, cool. And how long have you lived out here? I lived out here for like three and a half years, four years, and then I just knew I knew this because I just looked up when I bought my car. So I moved here in 2013, and then I before that was in um, New York. From 20, 2009 to, 20, to 2013 when I moved here. And then before that, Boston. And then oh, wow. before that, Florida. So why all the changes? Florida, I grew up there. Boston, I went to school. Then I went to New York and I thought I was going to live in New York forever. Um, but then it turned out that I didn't like the weather very much. And yeah. it was New York was very stressful to me. Um, and I also, I mean, it's... I, I moved to LA and I liked it a lot better in LA. I also don't know if it's just because I only started making money when I moved to LA. So right. <laughs> like I'm like, oh, New York was terrible, but LA was great. And it's like, well, yeah, LA, you made money and New York, you didn't. I'm sure if you made money in New York, you would like New York too. But yeah, so, but I also am from Florida. So this weather makes much more sense to me than right. New York weather does, which would make me so depressed. That's me in Toronto. It's, I just act, just before you got here, I, I I just finished up a meeting with my lawyer to finally like wrap up the process of moving. Yeah. And the weather really affects me badly. Like I go into like it's like I'm a different person. Yeah, it's about to be a huge storm too. Right? Is that affecting yeah, you guys? Yeah, it's it's already it's already started. That's great. Yeah, it's good times. Fun. <laughs> it's good times. Um, it was like raining here one day, and I was like, "This is a travesty." <laughs> so That's what happens when you're spoiled and you don't I realize, know. like. Well, you get accustomed to it, right? Yeah. So speaking of money, I love your podcast. I haven't listened to all of the episodes, but the ones that I've listened to, uh, what I've really liked about it is that you're so honest about money. Like you literally were like, I have two, I had $2,000 in my bank account. Like that's not something that people say. No, they don't. If if they have very little money, they don't say. And if they have a lot of money, they don't want to say. Right. So like, I, you just have no idea what's normal. Like, you're just like, I don't know, the people I surrounded myself with in New York, I was sort of like, way more of like a hipster dirtbag. And so those people I would like, would have like $5 left and they'd be like, we're going to spend it on cigarettes and pizza. And then like, 
some of my richer friends out here would be like, you don't have a savings account? Ew. And like, so I just didn't know, I had no idea what was normal, so I wanted to do a show where I could just like, be like, is this normal? And then have different people on to talk about the way that they view money and what's, you know. So season one we just finished and that was, a lot was focused on like, me and like entertainment career stuff. And then season two will hopefully come out either end of March or beginning of April. And that's gonna be way more like, systemically focused so it's going to be more uh like the banks and retirement funds and taxes and student loans like technical so, stuff yeah tech more technical so the first season was like finances and feelings and then like the second season will be more like technical finance stuff but also still feelings obviously <laughs> what do you think that you learned i mean just for yourself personally mm-hmm. um in terms of like your relationship to money by doing the podcast i learned to open your mail you can't just, I don't you, open my mail ever. No, you can't. I mean, uh, it was like, oh yeah, you get mail and then you throw it away. That's not how mail works. So I learned that you have to open your mail. You just have to look at it. You just have to read stuff, and it sucks. And it's weird because I was thinking today that like I've turned my whole career into looking at money things. Um, but if it wasn't my job, would I have time? Like I made like I made a show and a career and like, uh, you know, stuff out of out of the minutia of this money shit, like planning the second season of the podcast, I have to look at this stuff. Right. But if I didn't have to for, like, a monetary reason or if I didn't have to for some kind of, like, you know, like I'm getting paid by Panoply to look at this or whatever, I I don't know that I would have time to sit for a day and a half and do my taxes, which is sometimes what it requires, or if I would have time to, like, be on the phone all morning this morning with um, Bank of America because I was trying to figure out how much I ended up paying for my car... And that was, like, a whole process. And, like, every step of the way with financial stuff is such a process that I was like, God, like, you have to do it. Like, you have to look at your mail. You have to open your bank statements. You have to look at your bank account and, like, see, you know, just because it was so daunting and it was so scary, I never looked at any of it. So I had all these cash rewards from my credit card that I had been building up over like eight years that I had never looked at. Because oh, I, really? Yeah, because I would, I didn't, I literally would open my bank account, look at the number, sque- squeal and be upset and then close it. <laughs> I wasn't like clicking around on the website. So I started clicking around. That's me. I, You're freaking me out because that's, no, I, I, I either don't look or I have a panic attack, meltdown and throw it in like right. in my closet. But so I had to do, so I like printed out all my spending for the year. I highlighted what I was spending a lot on. I realized that I was pay, overpaying at parking meters and that I should, like one of my biggest expenses was parking. And so I realized, so like now that I'm conscious of that, I like, will try to find street parking or we'll try to, if I'm only going to be in the store for half an hour and I know that don't put enough quarters for two hours or whatever I was doing. And so, but like, I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't printed out every, and whatever, it's going to save me probably like eight bucks a year. But like, it's just little things where you're like, okay, what am I? Being aware of it is the whole. Being aware is the whole. And I was just like, I didn't do anything. And then I would like, you know, I had these cash rewards on my credit card, but I was like, I don't know what those are. And I had the credit card, I've had the credit card for like 10 years. And I've never, like the Bank of America people were like, you have 200 bucks just like sitting in your cash rewards. Did you know that? And I was like, I have what now? And so they were like, yeah, you can have it right now. And I was like, oh, but if I would never have looked or like, I'll be like, oh, I want a coffee. But, and, and then there's a whole thing on the, the bank will like give you cash back if you get from Starbucks instead of from Dunkin' Donuts or whatever it is. And so that would like inform my decision to like, yeah, just like things that I just never even, it's, it's, it could be your whole life. And I'm also very, 
Um, I get very into the things I'm very into, so I never really cared about money at all, except when it was making me feel terrible. And now that it's, yeah. like, my whole thing, I'm, like, so obsessed with figuring out all the, like, tricks and stuff. But, yeah, I've just learned that you have, you can't avoid it, I guess. I just, uh, it's so interesting because I relate to every single thing you're saying about money. Like, that, yeah. you are me when it comes to money. So, it's, it's, it's really nice to hear that you are able to at least change the way you view it, it sounds like. I can't believe that they make, they make everything so difficult that you could spend, I, I've turned my entire career into being about this thing that most people just do as part of their life. Do you know what I mean? Yep. No, they make totally. it so intentionally complicated. Well, yeah, so I guess so we overspend and don't think about it and just, like, you know. So just... you throw money at an H&R Block person and go, I don't know, you deal with this. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fucking me. <laughs> no, it's horrible. Um, so I want to talk about your YouTube channel. Okay. Um, it's really fucking funny. I love how much you guys talk about relationships and just different perspectives, things I never thought about. Um Thanks. And it's also just hilarious the way you... It's your best friend, right? Yeah, Allison. Yeah, yeah. We, Allison and I do the show. Allison Raskin and I do the show together. Yeah, she's my best friend. How long have you guys been doing it, you said? We've been doing it three years. That's that's really short for having the amount of viewership that you guys is have. Is it? We don't know. <laughs> I think it is. I think it is. Based on... I mean... Some, I mean, some I, people hit a million very fast. Yeah. Well, like beauty bloggers. Yeah. <laughs> we don't do that, and so we've suffered the consequences. <laughs> What inspired you guys to do it in the first place? Was it a mistake or did you guys kind of intentionally want to be like, or do we want to put out this content? No, we started hanging out. We were both stand-ups and we started hanging out at open mics. Um, and I had just moved to LA so I didn't really have any friends. And she was one of the first people I met just like on the street. She started talking to me. And uh, she also was like very like uh, collecting friends. Like she was like, I'm lonely. I need friends. And like, I was, and then I think I looked, she says I looked very normal at the time, <laughs> but I apparently don't look now, but, um, so she, like, it, she said it took her a while to realize that, like, the stuff I was talking about on stage was true, like, when I would talk about sex stuff, or when I would talk about, like, outrageous things, she would be like, that's just her stage persona, and then slowly she was like, oh, that's what she's really like, but it was, like, too late, she was turned, she was in, um, but, like, we, we just would argue, like, we would argue, but we were never mad at each other. Like, we would argue all the time. Like, starting from the first time we became friends, we would just, like, argue about... Like, we would have different perspectives on everything. And then two seconds after the argument, we would be like, oh, whatever, do you want to get sushi? And I was like, I've never had a friend that I just disagree with everything on, but we're, nobody is bothered by that. Mm -hmm. It's almost... It's like a sister. It was almost like meeting a sister. And so we were just like, you're insane. No, you're insane. <laughs> Ugh, whatever, do you want to hang out? Like, and so, And so then I was like we should have a podcast or something and she was like what's a podcast uh and then she was like she had done some web stuff so she was like let's do a youtube channel let's do something that we can do a bunch of in a day so we'll just like block shoot this we'll do like five couch shoots in a row and so we did and then i mean the first five episodes are dark like there's no lighting you can't see anything it might as well be a podcast because you can't see anything and then uh so not emotionally dark just like to view no, to view, dark. <laughs> okay. And then I couldn't, and then I knew how to edit um, on iMovie, so that's why we still edit on iMovie. Like, Do you? Just, no oh, way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we edit on iMovie. <laughs> yup. And it's me. Like, so the sketches are edited professionally. <clears throat> and then the couch shows, I edit them. And they're all, like, just fine but not you know it's like I didn't go to film school I didn't do any Allison went to film school but she went to screenwriting yeah so the tech I'm the entire like IT department of the channel and I have no <laughs> skills 
Like, I'm self-taught. I love that you say that because I have a channel as well and I've kind of, like, pulled back from it a bit because Mm -hmm. I was working with an editor and now I'm not. And I'm like, I don't know how to do this. And I'm so picky about how it looks. But I'm like, I should let that go and just do what I want to do, you know? I'm using royalty-free music, like, this far into the game. Like, it's so bad. What do you think, um, like, what do you find is the biggest reaction to a lot of the videos you put up, especially the relationship stuff? Either they be, agree with Allison or they agree with me, which is kind of what's great about the two of us, I think. Like, people will be totally on her side, and then a lot of times it's interesting that they'll have a friend. They'll say, I'm a Gabby, my friend is Allison, or I'm Allison, my friend is Gabby. Right. So there's, like, a lot of odd couple duos out there, apparently. Because like that's what you guys call each yourselves, yeah, the odd right? Couple. Yeah, Yeah, there's, like, a, a lot of people that are friends with people that disagree with them which is sort of cool to see and um yeah I think sometimes people think I'm a little outrageous but what's funny is that my character was meant to sort of be the wild one and then Allison's um like Cosmo girl 1950s I want to get married or else I'll die type of thing has actually slowly become more insane I actually found that when I watched too I feel like you were a little bit more reserved yeah like Like in your demeanor even I've become the straight man to her, like, crazy person. Even though my character just casually is like, ugh, I, like, have to come home from the sex party so late. And you're like, yeah, that seems fine. And then, like, Allison's character is like, I need to trick this man into marrying me after three months. And you're like, this girl's crazy. Do you find that your YouTube channel has been, like, a good vessel to give you opportunities and other things that you do? 100%, yeah. We we started the YouTube channel, and we're both writers and actors. We never intended to be YouTubers, although I don't mind the, the label. Um, but yeah, no, we, we work out here. We, we write. Um, we've sold... None of them have been made, but we last year we sold... Or in the last two years, we've sold four television shows. Wow. Yeah, so we... we That's phenomenal. We work in this town, just it never ends up, like, going anywhere. <laughs> Although she and I had a, we were part of a Sundance Lab, and one of the mentors that they had come in was the guy who created You're the Worst on FX, and um, he was talking about how before You're the Worst came out, he had sold nine TV shows and none of them had gone. And so Allison and I sort of sometimes feel like we're like successful, quote unquote, like we work in Hollywood, but we sort of feel like, oh, we really just want to give our fans a show that goes. Like we just want a show that goes. And um and and then when that guy when Stephen Falk said that she and I like looked at each other and we were like I guess we got five more in us you know what I mean like we four down five to go before we end up on your TV, so we're like yeah we're working on um they've all been fun to do they've all been weird and fun and some what were they what have they been about? <sighs> it's funny nobody's ever asked me that um one was a show about Allison and I being roommates and it was just like us being weirdos and it was called Slut versus Prude. It was very similar. Right. <laughs> it was very similar to just between us. Um one of them was like a female Silicon Valley. One was about us as uh YouTubers. The one, so the one the other one was like us if we weren't YouTubers, we were just roommates and then this one was more the same as us but we were but in this other one we were actually youtubers and we were kind of playing ourselves and then the other one is uh still in development at youtube red so it's it's it might still happen it's where she and i are detectives (laughs) where we're private investigators which got announced and i was like and the log line is just so insane so we'll see hopefully they buy it i hope you know they bought it hopefully they they make it 
Yeah. But it's like you can work. It sounds like you guys have so much fun working. It is fun, yeah, but you can, you can, but it's disappointing because you work in this town and you get really excited about a show and then they just like make, you know, a pilot or they buy it or whatever it is and then they, and then when it time comes time for like making their lineup for, you know, their season lineup for the year, they like, they don't pick it up or whatever it is. So it's hard, like, you know, that's happened to us four times. So it's like you're excited, but you're also like measured because you're like, it's not going to happen. Right. You just, it's like you get so many no's, so you start believing that's all you're going to get, right? Yeah, and then they pay you, so that's <clears> nice, <throat> so you can, like, keep working, but you're also like, I, I would love to get something on TV. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with anything. Like, a lot of this, the reasons that stuff hasn't gone has been so arbitrary, because, like, that's the nature of this business. Yeah. It's just, like, crazy, uh, you know, or, like, they'll pick up a show instead of our show, and then that show will get canceled after three episodes, and we'll be like, you should have picked up our show. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, I don't know. If you would have picked up ours, this wouldn't have happened. You would have had ten seasons in a movie, bitches. You know what I mean? But, whatever. It's tough. Sometimes they don't recognize that the YouTube audience is strong, too. So, how long have you been a comedian? Um, I don't know. I started doing stand-up in college. So, I mean, I wrote for a sketch troupe in college, so I started writing comedy when I was, like, 18, and then I um, started doing stand-up when I was, like, 22? 21? Yeah, 21. That scares I, the shit out of me. It was, I I don't love doing it now. I do storytelling now. Um, Allison's a much better stand-up comedian than I am. I just, I will do, like, telling a story. Um, so it'll be, like, have jokes in it, but it'll be, like, one cohesive, like, 10-minute set where it's, like, a story. Right. Allison will do jokes, which is, she's very good at. Um, and then, uh, but I don't love to do it. It's like, I did What did a, you encounter, like, being a woman in that scenario? Because isn't it, oh, it like, male-dominated completely? Yeah. Just like everything else, but I'm uh, sure being a comic is even more intense. Yeah, I mean, when I was doing it, it was pre-social media, so a lot of, or, like, before social media was really a big thing, so a lot of guys could get away with a lot of stuff that, like, reprehensible behavior that then right. later... Now it would be like maybe they'd be called out and be hopefully taken care of. I don't know. I'm very idealistic by saying that. But I just, it was, like, not fun. Um, I, I don't know. I'm really, the women that, like, stick with it, I'm really, I find them very admirable. Because it is, like, so, um, I don't know, like, a great example is I, I stopped doing, like, open mics and stuff. But I was standing, I was on a show... A diver- I was on a, sh- a diversity showcase thing, and there was a sh- an open mic right before it, and I got there early, and there was an open mic going on, and the open mic was all guys, and it w- they were all doing terrible material, and then they the Cosby allegations had just come out, mm-hmm. and so they were doing a bit where they were playing the Cosby Show theme song between each person, between each set, as like a joke. And I was like, oh, this is the best indication of what it's like to be, in- like, to be a woman in stand-up comedy, as you just go to an open mic to try to do your material and the guys are making like like literally as rape you get on stage a rape time. joke yeah and um Fuck. and then but then like on the flip side the diversity showcase we all of us went up it was packed it was an almost entirely asian audience it was like me and a bunch of really great asian american comedians um i was there as like a token queer person and uh <laughs> and like that show sold out huge diverse audience and everyone crushed. Like, everyone did super well. And there were, like, trans comedians and Asian comedians. And so I was like, you know, it's the flip side where, like, the open mics and some of the this, this stuff is still very dated. Some shows and some, like, club stuff is very dated. And then, like, but if you put it out there, like, if you put the, like, better stuff out there, people will come. 
So it was um, it was such an interesting day because I saw that mic and I was so discouraged and then like an hour later that show was like full and everyone did so well. Oh, so it was this okay. Got same it. day, same got day. Got it, got it, got it. So I was like, wow, what a what a juxtaposition. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's kind of like the universe being like, this is the shit, and then this is like you know. I know. The outside of it. Yeah, it was very interesting, but that's just because those other audiences are so hungry <clears throat> for content like the of course that that asian shows like jenny i think it's jenny yang's show of course that show sells out because asian audiences want to go see asian comics yeah i've never even thought about that really i know and like, i had never i realized i had never been in an audience that was primarily asian yeah and i was like this is dope like this is great yeah they feel really safe cool. to come here and see comedy yeah yeah how do you feel about that thing that they say where comedians are allowed to say anything they want because it's comedy well, you can say whatever you want, but also people criticizing you can also say whatever they want. Do you know what I mean? Like, Good it's point. so weird to be like, <laughs> I can say whatever I want. Okay, well, I don't like that. Shut up! It's like, but but if you can say whatever you want, then can't I also say whatever I want? It doesn't mean you're immune from criticism. Mm-hmm. And then you can either take the criticism and be like, ah, oh, yes, I'm being criticized. Or you can go, no, I'm still allowed to say what I want, fuck you. And then you can keep doing whatever you want. You're not, like, if you're not getting thrown in jail for what you're saying, you're not being censored. Like, people have a really weird, um, different, like, they have the wrong interpretation of the First Amendment. The First Amendment isn't like, we take away your TV show. The first, which, P.S., who cares, because you still have the internet and you can do whatever you want. The First Amendment is, you don't get thrown in jail for saying stuff, unless you're, you know, yelling fire in a theater or whatever. So, when you're like... My show got canceled. That was the First Amendment. I'm like, I don't think you fully understand the First Amendment, <laughs> sir. Um, and then also, like, there are consequences to the things you say. Hence why there's that whole yelling fire in a crowded theater thing. You're not allowed to do that because that will cause a, a panic. And so there's consequences to the things you say, and you should know that. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, I still don't know how I feel about it because it's, it's like, I understand so, yeah. that, but then it's like, I also talk to a lot of people that, you know, when the mic is off or when you're not recording, say what they really feel and feel afraid to say something um, online or like hmm. on the record because well, they don't want to get completely like just slaughtered, you well, know? So it's, I think that's dangerous too. Yeah, but maybe they should think about why they, th- they think that way. Maybe they're wrong. I've yeah. had a lot of opinions that I, that were wrong and I was like... If I had just gone online and doubled down and been like, this opinion is right. And then some, like, but then someone gently or whatever was like, hey man, no it's not. I'm glad that I didn't go and like double down and, and stand, you know, I'm glad I like was like, well, maybe I am wrong. This reaction seems very negative. I should think about why everyone seems upset and I should reevaluate the way I think and maybe there's something for me to learn here. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I find that it's a lot of men that do that. Well, <laughs> if yeah, I'm of course. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely, like, I've had backlash, and I definitely have had to be like, okay, am I wrong? And then most of the time, I'm like, mm, I think I was. And then I go, okay, well, that Can was... you give me an example? <sighs> you don't have to. I mean, I had a friend who um, was accused of doing something bad, and my first reaction was to defend him. And then after a long time... I after like some thinking of like a while I was like okay I was wrong here like I uh and like I still you know people see one side of it and they don't see the apology you know like whatever it is like they'll see the initial bad thing but then that that goes viral but then they don't see the apology which doesn't go viral so I get the frustration of that but a lot of times people will just double down instead of just being like I'm sorry I was wrong and I think 
like late after a little bit once I realized what was like you know I was like okay I I handled this incorrectly and I was wrong rather than like all of a sudden doubling down and becoming like the the apologist for this thing I like it, I'm not explaining it correctly but basically I just was like oh I uh I sh you know this is bigger than this issue is bigger than me and I was making it about me right and so then I was like okay I need to just like not do that like I could go to every comment and be like no this is what I meant and this is it but it's like at the end of the day like I I the only thing is like hey man like that was a real rough day for me and I'm sorry I was wrong and like that's it well, and then you like think and you go, being. yeah, and then you go back and you think like, because there were issues, there were like bigger systemic issues involved in that with like marginalized people, like that specific instance that I'm talking about involved um, uh, mistreatment of sex workers, which is not something that I have any experience in. So I eventually was like, okay, I don't know anything about what it's like to be a sex worker, and I, and I was like, oh, okay, I was wrong. And then I went back and, like, rethought a lot of what I thought about sex workers. And then I came out of it being like, okay, well, the reaction, the backlash was was right. And it made me reconsider my position. And it made me a better person, more empathetic, more, like, um, like more intersectional in my feminism from having that backlash. So I was, like, upset in the beginning. And I felt like everyone was being mean to me. And I was sad. But, but when like, you remove your ego and yeah, learn but, from it. Right, yeah. once you remove your ego and learn from it, then you're like, oh, okay, this is, like, a step that made me a better person. Just suck. it's, you know, it's, everyone has that. It sucks to be, like, a notable, quote-unquote, famous person who has to do that in the public eye. That sucks. But, like, at the end of the day, like, I wasn't as well-known when that happened, so I had some time to, like, and it still comes back and haunts me where people are like, but what about when she said this? And I'm like, yeah, you're right, I fucked up. Like, that was me fucking up. So it's... I think that's too. It's like yeah. someone with your following. It's like the, your audience or just people in general expect you to be perfect. Like at the end of the day, you're Definitely. a human being and you're going to yeah. fuck up over and over and over. So yeah. I think and that's I the tricky part. Yeah. And I wasn't... Uh, <clears throat> I, uh, yeah. And I just had to... I just had to be like, yeah, I was wrong. Like, I don't know. I don't know why more people don't just go like, yeah, I was wrong and I learned or whatever. Or, like, take the time. I think it's just hard and, like, people don't want to take the time to learn. Like, I had to really take the time and be like, and it was sucked. It sucked. But I had to really take the time and be like, okay, why was I wrong to push back on this? What greater systemic problem am I contributing to by pushing back on this? Like, I'm putting myself above, you know, this larger issue that really, like, is more important than me. And mm -hmm. so, like, that, and that is exhausting and that takes a lot of time to do. So I had to do that, and then, and like about this particular issue, and then I was like, oh, I was wrong, and now I've learned. And then, like the other day, um, I tweeted something about like intersectional feminism, including sex workers and trans women, and I was like, I, you know, from experience, uh, I haven't been great about sex workers, sex workers in the past, and that's my problem, and I learned from it, and whatever. And so, like, you know, that like two years later, I can tweet that and be like, now I look at the growth. We did it. You know what I mean? Well, I think that's a good point, too. Like, going back to what we were saying, it's like sometimes the backlash is good and needed because it helped you. I think it helped, yeah. Yeah, definitely. For sure. And so you consider yourself an activist and a feminist. Mm -hmm. What do you think, uh, I mean, not every woman considers themselves that, but what do you think for you brought you along that journey in life? I have no idea. People ask me that a lot. If, if like, when did you become a feminist? I have no idea. 
Some, I feel the same. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it just kind of happened. And it changed a lot. Like, I used to be one, I used to think I was a feminist, but I was, like, kind of, like, dowdy. Um, like, I would dress really, like, like a boy, and but not in a cool, hip way, and, like, would do these kind of things. And then I was, like, tried to be very sexless. And, um, and then I... What do you mean by that? Like, I tried to be, like, look kind of like... Like in your, in your dress? Yeah, like, I tried to look, um, not hot. And then Mm. I, and then, and because I thought, like, oh, well, I'm better than those girls who are, like, in bikinis. Mm. Which is a very, like, second wave sort of thing that I was doing. And then you realize, and you're like, wait, no, it's not just, like, because I'm respectable, I deserve respect. It's that every woman deserves respect. So that's, like, what you get to level two of the video game. And yeah. you're like, whoa, more f- new feminist thoughts. <laughs> and, then you, and then you go forward again. Like, I even had some stuff, like, uh, in June, like, last June, I was like, wait a minute. Beauty standards are making me like this type of person, but I could also like that. Like, that happened for me at 28. You know what I mean? Like I like still had stuff to unpack about beauty standards. So like, you know, you're constantly learning. So I have no idea when it switched from from not really knowing what feminism was, then knowing, then being this like weird, you know, Liz Lemon type feminist, and then going back to being like more intersectional, and then get getting even more intersectional as time goes on. So yeah, it was it's like constantly evolving. Yeah, that's really interesting and I thank you for touching on that because I mm-hmm. think that um a feminist that word can carry a lot of like uh, yeah, negative feelings even just for, like people don't want to call themselves a feminist mm-hmm, a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because of like sometimes we deal with our own shit within that and judging mm-hmm. other women. Like you kind of yeah. don't want to say it, but I think that's a part of, like, why people don't want to claim that word in general. Well, it's not a monolith. Like, there's different types, and, like, you can't... Different people are... It means different things to different people. So you can't just be like, all feminists are this. Because that's not true, and different people are have different pet issues and different things that they care about, and, like, it all falls under one umbrella, but everybody is... Um, comes to it a different way, and everybody's at, like, a different stop. Like, it's almost, like, <laughs> so dumb... <laughs> Uh, it was almost like in Mario Kart, where, like, some people have gone around the track twice, but some people have only gone around once, and then some people have picked up a bunch of mushrooms along the way, but some people didn't, and it's like, you know, like, everybody's kind of, like, you're on the track, but, like, everybody's sort of doing a different thing and, like, at a different level. Right. You can't expect everyone to be at your level. You can help them, maybe try to reach your level. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Um... One more question that I had. So, there's, there was a video on your channel, I think I watched a couple days ago. Uh, and so you identify as polyamorous, is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be that. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody says that. Or a lot of people. Either people are like, that's insane, or people are like, I really want to get there. How do you find that you, like, again, it's the same kind of question. How do you find that you, is it something that just kind of happened, or was it intentional? Is that a, is that a weird question? No, I didn't learn the word until, like, a while ago. And then I, um... <clears throat> But I learned the word, I think, from Mike Kaplan. I've been giving him a lot of um, credit. He's a comedian that I was friends with, and uh, or that I am friends with. But um, and then I, but I knew like when I was in high school and stuff that I wasn't that really that jealous. Like in high school, I had a boyfriend, and I would always be like, "You could hook up with other people. I don't care." Or like really? I would, yeah, I just never because I wanted to hook up with other people. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, whatever, like do whatever you want. I'll do whatever I want. What? Like I was never like that intense about it. Even like. Do people try to shame you for that? 
Um, he did. Well, he freaked out because he was like, "What does that mean? Does that mean you're cheating on me?" And I was like, "No, but like you could do whatever." You, I'm just saying. And then he was like, "Why are you saying that? Like that means that you're already cheating on me." And I was like, "No, but like fine." <laughs> and then. And I think, like, even, like, in fifth grade, like, me and I had two friends, and she, and me and the two friends all, like, would take turns dating the same dude who just kept coming in and out of our lives. And, like, one of, he was, like, what's one girl's boyfriend one time, and then he, like, let, broke up with her and then was dating my other friend, and we all, like, stayed friends the whole time. So I'm like, was that polyamory? <laughs> or, like, even, like, in eighth grade, I had a crush on this dude. And my, I tell this story as, like, one of my storytelling shows, but part of the story is that, like, my best friend at the time also had a crush on him, and, like, that bonded us, and we would talk about him all the time. Mm. And I was never like, this bitch is going to take him from me. I was always just like, oh, wow, that's so cool. We both like the same dude. Like, we should be best friends. So, I like, never, I don't know. Is that, is that's weird. Maybe that's weird. I don't think that's weird at all. But I just never... I want it. <laughs> yeah, I was always... Well, I would get jealous of girls and stuff, but it took... It took a while to be, like, to unpack that and either be, like, well, maybe part of that is probably because I think she's super pretty and I'm, like, this is some sort of, like, queer triangulation thing that's <laughs> happening or, or like, or to be, like, oh, it's not her fault, like, it's his fault for being weird, you know, or, like, I feel insecure because the per- the girl that I'm with is not giving me attention. It has nothing to do with, like, how pretty that other girl is oh, okay. or whatever it is. Like, I had to realize that it was, like, not... It's easy to blame jealousy on the third person rather than figuring out what's going on, like, in the relationship. But that was maturity over time. But I don't know. I also, like, I, I still um, get jealous. I just deal... It just comes from different things or it's, like... Not, I guess, in the typical way that other people would be jealous. I don't know. I never understood... I guess my whole thing is I never understood the pretending that once you're in a relationship, you never find someone else attractive. Yeah. Like, that all of a sudden, everybody turns into gray blobs. Right. Is that what we're supposed to believe? I don't buy it. I think that's complete bullshit. But I'm very jealous at the same time. But how do people... It's also this thing where you're like... You know that you can love your partner and look at someone else, but you think your partner can't love you and look at someone else. But why can you do it and they can't? Yeah, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. It makes no sense and it's so stupid. I feel like I'm an alien who came to Earth and I'm like, what are relationships? And then everyone's like, that's not how you do it, Gabby. And I'm like, seems seems wrong. Are you in a relationship right now? Oh, what a question. Uh, I don't know. I got dumped in November, and then that was terrible and still remains terrible. I'm, like, seeing someone, but, and, like, um, that's good, but also, like, he, you know, he knows that I'm still, like, text message fighting with my ex all the time. (laughs) So, like, who knows? What am I? I'm in a relationship with misery. (laughs) But, like. Me too, girl. (laughs) Yeah. I had, I just had to. I went out to dinner and Allison with, with some people and Allison was there and I was like, oh yeah, I had like just text message fighting with blank and uh, she was like, what is, why, what is there to fight about? Like you broke up five months ago, why was there a fight about? And I was like, you're asking the right questions. Yes, what is there to fight about? Great question, great question. Uh, I don't know. And she was like, okay, well as long as you know. And I was like, yep. Uh, and then she, you know, now it's like maybe time to, to block so that I'm not tempted. I, I don't know why you've been broken. If you've been broken up for that long, what is there truly to fight about? Great question. I mean, I don't know. I've done the same thing. I just think I'm fucked up in relationships in general. 
Like, why? It's are, not easy. Like, why are we still fighting? We're not gonna get back together. I don't know why we're still fighting. So, uh, yeah. So it's like gotta not, just gotta not, I guess. Yeah. And then, but the, but then, like, yeah, I was seeing, I have this new person who's around who also kind of went through similar thing. Like, he really has been very good about this because he under, he was in a relationship for two years where they broke up four times in two years. So, wow. so he's like, this is. He gets it. Yeah, this is, he's not like upset about it. Like, he's sort of just like, oh yeah, this is the natural order of things. Like, do this. <laughs> I'm, I'm here. I'm hanging out. Like, do this shit, you know? I get it. And I'm like, okay. Well, that's awesome. Thank yeah. I love I love your perspective on things. Thanks. It's, Thank it's you. really interesting and yeah. refreshing almost. Oh, thanks. Um, I appreciate that. What else do you have coming up and where can people find you? Hmm. Well, Case hopefully they there will be a season two of Bad With Money coming <clears throat> soon. End of March or, or April. That's on Panoply. But you should follow Bad With Money on um, iTunes and subscribe. And it's on Stitcher and Google Play. And then um, I'm at, at Gabby Dunn, G-A-B-Y-D-U-N-N, on Twitter, and then Gabby Road on Instagram and Snapchat, because I didn't understand that those would take off. Why and is that? What's... I just I just was like, no one's going to use these. And so I just <laughs> made, like, a, I used my high school screen name, because I was gotcha. like, who cares? Branding? What's that? Um, and then... I and then our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash just between us show that's me and Allison Raskin's comedy channel and then we have a book coming out in September it's available for pre-order it's called I hate everyone but you uh and it's a young adult novel and that and then I have other stuff coming up that I can't talk about yet I just need to ask you one question before we yeah you have five million things on the go how the fuck do you juggle all of this um, not jiggle <laughs> my brain is jiggling um i have a whiteboard that i write everything down on no i'm a disaster i have no idea i'm like yeah i don't know i am traveling so much in the next couple months and i have no idea what i'm gonna buy my planner here to show you my planner looks like the, the rambling over the state well then thank you so much for coming and taking <laughs> oh, the time and driving here and doing this thank you no no problem like it means a lot oh, of course uh, yeah i liked your whole project and everything i just couldn't make the time to travel to toronto but Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, you can follow me at I am Bianca Harris and Whip Toronto everywhere. Let's talk to you next time.